0: Welcome back. The topic today is hope for the worst of sinners. The Bible tells us Christ is the answer to every problem that you and I may face in our lifetimes. Uh, We've just been dealing with Romans chapter 2. Romans 2 tells us that the the religious world is lost and under the wrath of God. Read it, Romans 2. Romans 1 tells us that the, the world of, of the Romans, the secular world, is lost and under the wrath of Almighty God. And by the time you get to Romans 3, it seems to be absolutely hopeless. But then in Romans 3, you have the propitiation of the Son of God. Now, I want you to, the studio audience, follow this in the Bible. I'm going to turn now to Romans chapter 3 and verse 9 and 10, dear hearts and gentle people. Romans 3 verses 9 and 10. So Romans 1, the Gentiles are lost. Romans 2, the religious people are lost. And then verses 9 and 10, he gives a summary. What then? Are we better than they? Goodness me. Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks, Gentiles, that they are under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. The Bible tells me this. this you, we, you know what we need? We need a supernatural revelation from God. I was once in great darkness, but then I had a revelation from God. The Apostle Paul in Galatians says, this wasn't taught to me, he says. The gospel wasn't taught to me. He said, I received it by a revelation from God. And the sad thing, you can go to many churches for a thousand years and you'll never get a revelation from God. And so we need to be praying, God, help me as a sinner to have a revelation from God. Now look at Romans 3 and verse 12 and 13. Here he gives the great description of the whole wide world as being under sin. Verses 12 and 13. They've all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. You won't find the prosperity gospel preachers preaching the true gospel of Christ. Verse 13, their throat is an open tomb with their tongues. They have practiced deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips. I would suggest this to you without giving any particular offense that this is a picture of our world today. This is a picture of the United States of America. This is a picture of China. This is a picture of Russia. This is a picture of Great Britain. That all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We need a revelation from God before we can comprehend this and understand this. Romans 3. 17 and 18, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. People say to me, what's gone wrong with America? What is the problem? I will tell you what the problem is, my friend. It's what the great Alexander Solzhenitsyn said the great Christian who stood out against the great Soviet Union and he saw the hell of the Soviet Union. You know how many the communists killed? Between 50 and 70 million innocent people were murdered. I was there when the Soviet Union came tumbling down. They said to Alexander Solzhenitsyn, what's gone wrong? What's gone wrong? He said, We have forgotten God and all this has come upon us. The reason we are in such a mess in America is because America has forgotten that she was raised up by God and she has become a pagan nation. If I were to stand here, if I'd been standing here 20 years ago and if I were to say what is happening today in America, you would have said, It's absolutely absurd. We could not believe that these things would happen. Uh, Near our office, just down the road from this beautiful office, a little while back there was a smash and grab. People say, what's the smash and grab? Well, people came out from Los Angeles. Young men and young women, you know what they do? They bring hammers and they smash and they smash and they grab the stuff. And today in America... Listen, the victim of crime generally gets out of hospital after the criminal gets out of prison. What's gone wrong? There is no fear of God before our eyes. That's what it says. So the Bible teaches that all are lost and all are facing the judgment. Look at verses 19 and 20 of Romans 3, 19 and 20. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law and that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. The the whole world is guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight for by the law is the knowledge of sin. So this is very plain, dear hearts and gentle people. This is very plain, my friends on television, my friends watching this program. It is very, very plain that there is no solution to be found in our human merit, in our goodness, in our piety, and in our pomposity and our religiosity. So what shall we do? Now, you can't be saved, obviously, by keeping the law. That We just read the text. It said, by the law, no person is going to be justified in the sight of God. We can't be declared righteous by the law. You know why? because the law shows us what we are, that we are sinners, standing in need of the grace of God. The, the people say, I don't believe this chapter. It talk, that, that may apply to those wicked Chinese. It applies to us. All have sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one, and we cannot be saved by the law because we've all broken the law. So how can the law save you and me when we are guilty of breaking the commandments of God? Now look at Romans 3, please. And now we get into the glory. Verse 23. Verse 23 to 25. I think I should read this pretty slow. Romans 3. Verse 23 to 25 You should take time and read this when you go home. Read it over and over and over again. Just keep reading it until the light comes on. Romans 3, 23 to 25, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. When it says fall short of the glory of God, the Greek word says continue to fall short of the glory of God. There are no sinless people in this world. I've had people come to me and they say, I'm a sinless person. I haven't sinned for so many years. That is a terrible, terrible satanic delusion. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short, fall short. That's present continuous. Fall short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Now, let me talk about this a little bit, if I can. And I pray that the Lord will help me to make this plain. Let me read verse 25. And verse 25 is not an easy text to understand, and that's why lazy people don't read it. Whom God set forth as a propitiation, that is a correct rendering of of the Greek, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. I just pray now as I'm standing here in our studio in Moore Park, I pray, God, God, Help me to make this plain. Help me to make it clear. i preached this around the world. Some people have come to an understanding, but perhaps most people, it just doesn't come into their hearts, into their souls. I want to remind you of this. The gospel is supernaturally revealed. You can go to church for a million years and go to hell. You can be a pastor, you can be a leader of the church, you can be the top of the of the heap and be preaching and teaching and talking and counseling and go to hell. The gospel is supernaturally revealed. I was sitting in the chapel of of Avondale College when this man was preaching these things, and here I was, a wild, rebellious, silly boy. (laughs) And I had a revelation from the throne of God, I tell you. I became aware of the truth that stunned me and amazed me. It still does. I became aware of the truth that God loves me. What's the greatest truth in the Bible? God loves the sinner. God is not mad with the sinner. The text says that Jesus became our propitiation. Now, some people say, skeptics, cynics, liberals say, we don't like this text. It's a pagan concept. We're not going to have this text. There's a whole group of people in Southern California. They say, we don't like this text. We're not going to have this text. We're not going to preach it. It says Christ became our propitiation. What on earth does it mean? Now, the pagans believed in propitiating their gods because their gods were mad with them and their gods demanded a sacrifice. And so... Some people say this idea of the Christian propitiation is a pagan idea because it is God who was mad and angry and vengeful. He takes his innocent son and he puts him on a cross to propitiate his own wrath. Well, there are some things that you need to understand and that is this. The Bible talks about the wrath of God or the wrath of God. I started reading through the book of Romans and writing a little asterisk in the margin whenever I came upon the wrath of God. It's all the way through. When you come to the book of Revelation, it's full of the wrath of God. Save us from him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. You cannot be a Christian believer and dismiss the concept of the wrath of God. And why does God have wrath? Because... He's righteous. God is holy. God just can't say to the human race, you messed up. Oh, okay, let's forget it. That's what some people believe. That's what most people believe, that God is some old teddy bear and he says, you messed up. Oh, your business is to sin and my business is to forgive you. Absolute pagan nonsense. The wrath of God. God is righteous. God is holy. I will tell you what happened. God in Christ became a man. The greatest truth in all the world, that God in Christ became a man. The little baby that was nestled in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary was God incarnate. Incomprehensible. Amazing. God became a man. And what God did was this listen carefully. On the cross, God took his own medicine. God became the propitiation. God became, in Christ, the atoning sacrifice. God in Christ, listen to me and pray for our spiritual awakening. God in Christ suffered his own wrath Why do you think Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why did he say this? Was this the delusional cry of a dying man? No, this was God in Christ making a sacrificial atonement, becoming our propitiation. Some translations have left out the word Those translations are false. He became our sin-bearer. How much does he love you? Look at the cross. Romans 3.26. To demonstrate he did this, to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just. God's got to be just. This is not a, a shrewd deal, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. God says they have messed up, they have brought upon themselves the wrath of God and I am a holy righteous God and the holy righteous God reacts against sin and the holy righteous God demands judgment. And when the judge of all the earth says, where is the sinner that he might be judged and punished? Jesus, who is God in human flesh, unless you understand the doctrine of the divinity of Christ, you will be in darkness as far as the gospel is concerned. When the judge of all the earth said, where is sin where is the sinner that I might execute against it? My righteousness, where is the lawbreaker? Jesus said, hear, Father. That's why he died in a few hours on the cross. A person could live on the cross, humanly speaking, for up to a week. The wounds were relatively superficial. Christ died in a few hours. He sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. He had not just the sufferings of a man, his were the sufferings of a God. And God did this to demonstrate his righteousness and his justice. Read it and pray for a spiritual Rebirth and understanding, please. Romans 3. And let me see. We've read verse 26 that says to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he he might be just and the justifier of the person who has faith in Jesus. I want you to notice Uh, Verse 26, again, if you don't mind. I want to put it up. If it doesn't go up on the screen, it's fine, but it's all right because I want to talk about this a little bit more. Verse 26, to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness. This is God's uh, justice. This is God's judgment. If Christ doesn't bear your judgment, you're going to bear it alone to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just. God's got to be just in this. This is not a shrewd deal. And the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Now listen carefully. Let me talk about the word justify. Listen carefully. Am I certain about this? Absolutely. Why? Why? because I'm following the Bible. This is the great teaching of the Protestant Reformation, other great reformers like Alan White and so forth. The word justify when God justifies the sinner. The word doesn't mean to make righteous. Now the Roman Catholic Church for many, many years has taught that the word... To justify means to make righteous. In the Council of Trent, which was a part of the uh, Roman Catholic uh, movement, the Counter-Reformation after Martin Luther, they came out to answer the teachings of Martin Luther. And they said, when God justifies the sinner, the word justify means that God makes him holy and righteous. That's what Mother Teresa was taught. That is why she was filled with despair and wanted to commit suicide. But the word justify in the Greek, it means this, to declare righteous. It says in other parts of the Bible that the people justified God. Does that mean they made God righteous? Come now. Justify doesn't mean to make you righteous. It means that on the basis of what Christ has done for us on the cross. God declares that the guilty, repented sinner is totally righteous to his account in heaven. God has put down there 100% righteous because of Christ. That's the gospel. That's why it's not good advice. That's why it's called good news. And that gives fire inside. What shall we do? Not man-made religion. It's messed up the world. Not Hollywood, not Rome, not liberalism. So what should we cling to? The God-man on the cross. The God-man walking out of the tomb. The God-man, my priest. The God-man, my king. Now let me tell you this. Get this plain and don't misunderstand it and don't try to twist it. God justifies none whom he cannot sanctify. When you are justified by the grace of God, when you come to realize that Christ died for your sin on the cross and he would have gone to the cross if there had been only one lost soul. Think of this, almost too hard to believe. I find it hard to believe. Paul said, the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me When this happens to you, you will hate sin. You will hate lying. You will hate cheating. You'll hate all those filthy sins of Romans 1 and Romans 2. Because the grace that justifies is also the grace that sanctifies You remember the dying thief? How long did he have to work up his righteousness? Goodness me, he's dying? Only got a few minutes? What's he going to do? Break out in a perspiration? Say, I've got to become sinless before I can die. Now, you know what he does? He trusts in Jesus. Hmm. And Jesus said, I say unto you, Today you're going to be with me in paradise. Today I'm saying it to you right now. You're going to be with me in paradise. So if I truly believe today and repent of my sins, I am right with God right now and I am redeemed and going home to glory. This is the gospel of Christ. And when you get this gospel, there won't be any more cold little mean churches or cold little mean Christians. They'll be powerhouses because they'll have fire inside. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Pastor John Carter has taken us around the world to broaden our knowledge of the Bible. From remote places, he has brought us new insights into the scriptures. Now he is bringing these teachings closer to home, your home. He is asking you, followers of the Carter Report, to share any questions you may have about scripture, religion, and the challenges you face in your everyday life. First, record your questions on your cell phone. Then send these by email to question2carter at gmail.com. Watch for your recorded question and hear the answer from Pastor Carter. Jesus is the answer and we welcome your questions. Thank you, dear Pastor John, for your 30-plus years of ministry in Russia and for your ever support of 3ABN Russia workers. God bless you from Russia with love. Thank you, thank you.